What's happening? What's good? And welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with your host Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, I am him. So this morning, early this morning, most people were getting ready for football and getting ready for the week one of the NFL season. But for us basketball junkies, we were watching another debacle in USA basketball as Team USA lost or failed to medal, I should even say, in the FIBA World Cup. Didn't even make, couldn't even secure a bronze medal. And this is, I don't know how many times they haven't meddled. I don't really care. The frustration of Team USA losing, this notion that somehow the world has caught up to USA basketball and IER basketball players is infuriating. But nothing is more infuriating than watching the teams that are being constructed to compete in international play, which aid in this ridiculous notion that USA doesn't possess the best basketball players. But how we got here is almost as troubling as why we're here. How we got here was, obviously everyone knows, in 1992 you had the Dream Team because in 1988, a collective college players lost to international basketball players and, and the basketball world lost its mind and David Stern saw dollar signs. He saw an opportunity to grow the game. So what he did was basically textbook 101, how to get people interested or how how to promote a product. He instilled fear in people. He instilled fear and told everybody that if we don't send our best players, then we can't compete against the world. I call Biss. I've called Biss since day one, but it was great to see Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley all on the same team, made a lot of money for the NBA, and eventually or and subsequently grew the game of basketball. Fast forward, since that point, international basketball has been able to work under this ideology of slow basketball, bruising basketball, smaller court. The NBA court is 94 feet. I believe international court is 91. It's like 91.9, so maybe 92, but it's right there. Slightly slower basketball, slightly smaller basketball court filled with slower bruising players who can shoot. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like the Big Ten to me, but I digress. So instead of USA Basketball staying true to what we did, staying true to what allowed the Dream Team 1 and Dream Team 2 to annihilate the competition, we have decided to adopt this basketball philosophy as we compete against the very people who created it. So let me simplify this. Instead of us doing what we do best, we have allowed the inferior opponent, to dictate the style of play. And nothing has been more painful than the last few years of watching NBA players compete on an international level. I believe it was 2004 when we sent Allen Iverson and Tim Duncan overseas to play. And the big issue was we didn't have enough shooting. Ignoring the fact that we had Allen Iverson and Tim Duncan on a team, they couldn't win. They wound up meddling in bronze. But the bigger issue there was, and the issue we've had this year, and the issue we had the last time they lost in the World Cup, or previously when they lost in the World Cup, was coaching. Coaching trickling down to bad player selection. Bad coaches are going to pick bad players to play in a bad system. It's the old B's select C's. 
Larry Brown was the coach of that team. Now, most of you say Larry Brown's the greatest coach. What are you talking about, Larry Brown? Larry Brown has coached basketball for 89 years and won one title. I'm going to repeat that. Larry Brown has coached basketball for close to 60 years, won one NBA title and one college title. Mike Krzyzewski has won multiple titles. Greg Popovich, who I'll get into in another level, had managed to win multiple titles with the very same Tim Duncan. Once Tim Duncan walked off that court, his titles disappeared. The point I'm trying to make is, while Larry Brown is a very competent coach, very good coach, knows the game of basketball, he's not cut for international play. He's barely cut for NBA play, which is why he barely, which is why he failed to reach an NBA title. I think he's only made the NBA Finals three times. The issue USA Basketball had with that team, coached by Larry Brown, the issue they had with the George Carl team that lost in the World Cup or the FIBA Cup, and the issue they've had with other NBA coaches is NBA coaches are not – the level of NBA coaching is not that on par with college coaching. That's the first thing. The second thing is you're bringing in NBA coaches to essentially adjust what they do or adjust the way they play and add their philosophies to teams, players that aren't used to them, players who – for all intents and purposes, probably don't like them, and players for all intents and purposes aren't going to maximize their talent. Then you're asking stars to play role positions. So you're asking stars to be role players instead of adding players, role players, who can play as stars. Now I'll give you an example. The 2008, quote, redeem team. Now on the surface, that team was full, chock, chock full of stars. Or that's what we were built to believe. That team had star after star after star. It had a bunch of great players in there. Was a, but that's not true. I had a college coach in Mike Krzyzewski who hadn't at that point had won an NBA, who had won a college championship in quite some time. But the team was very top-heavy. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, those are your stars. But there's only one championship player on that team. There was only one championship talent. There was only one guy who had reached the pinnacle top of his profession, and that was Kobe Bryant. The rest of the players were players who were still ascending. Now pay attention to that. They were players who were still ascending. So you had Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, LeBron James. Then it goes down to Meg. Carmelo Anthony, Deron Williams, Chris Bosh. Then you go down even more. Dwight Howard, Jason Kidd. And here's where it gets really interesting. Tayshaun Prince, Michael Red, and Carlos Boozer. That was the, quote, redeemed team. The leading scorers on that team, I should say the leading score. If you go points per game, it was pretty even. He had 15-15 by Kobe and LeBron, and he had 16 by Wade, and the only other person to hit double figures was Carmelo Anthony and I believe Dwight Howard. But when you dig a little deeper, you look at how many shots got up, who took the most shots, Kobe Bryant shot 20 more shots than LeBron James. LeBron managed to score more points, but I think everyone would agree in the room that your designated scorers on that team was Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. Those were your role. Those were their roles to score the basketball. LeBron James, Chris Paul, their role was to play defense. 
when you look at this recent team, this recent debacle that we just had, who's what was Mikel Bridges' role in this team? What was Jalen Brunson's role in this team? Chris Paul played, defended the floor 92 feet. Jason Kidd defended the floor 92 feet against opposing team's point guard. They didn't lose a game. They won every game by double digits. The world would believe lead you to believe it was close because the mod, the mantra is, the, the rumor is, the, the nonsense is that the world has caught up to Team USA or to USA, and they have not. They're nowhere near us. We're getting beat by teams with role players and one high-quality NBA player. Why? Because they definitively know their role. They know exactly what they're there to do. They practice that. Instead, we have a coach who refuses to allow his star, his scores to be scores. They're not bringing in rebounders. They're giving us Bobby Portis and Jaron Jackson Jr. And if you were to ask, if you were to sit down and ask five NBA coaches who are the best defensive players in the game, I would guarantee if you ask 10 coaches, Eight of them will have Jaron Jackson Jr. at fifth or not on the list at all. But again, that's who they sent over. Bobby Portis Jr. He, Bobby Portis, he's a solid NBA player, but he's not cut for an international game. And that's where the problem starts. Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, they're really good NBA players. But on their team, they're the stars. They're the guys that initiate the offense. So again, you're asking star players who play roles. And they're not that good at the role they play in the NBA. They're not that good at being stars. So they're really not going to be that good at being role players. Why not bring in high-quality role players? Why not bring in guys who play on top teams, who play monster minutes or monster roles on those top teams. Then that will allow you to compete. Take Anthony Edwards and Austin Reeves, make those your definitive scores. Build a team around them. Stop sending guys who check boxes and send guys who play well on the floor. And going back to that 2008, quote, redeem team, where we've seen the special and it was intense and Kobe runs through Pau Gasol's chest, what they don't tell you is, again, they beat the first team by 30 points. They beat Australia by 30 points in the quarterfinals. I know they beat Argentina by 20. I don't remember the score, but I remember they beat Argentina by 20. And then that gold medal game that was Nick maybe Tuck, it was so close. Yeah, they won that by, they won that by about 10 points. Let me look at that. Look that up. They won that by at least 10 points, though. And every step of the way, although this wasn't the best what the world had to offer, they this isn't the team that lost it. These were the same guys that beat us four years before. They were the same guys that beat us four years later. They're the same guys that are kicking our asses now. Same style of play, same coaches. Stop sending NBA coaches. Stop sending fringe NBA players or guys who really aren't don't play vital roles on their teams. That's where it starts. And then here's a thought, and, 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 and I know I'm going to sound crazy when I say this. Why not have a full-time USA team, USA coaching staff with a collection of coaches that specifically coach USA in, in the Olympics? The same way you have coaches that coach track and field, the same way you have coaches that coach 
badminton and archery and all those other Olympic sports, swimming, why don't we have, in basketball, why are we sending college coaches or NBA coaches? Get, get together a collective group of coaches to scout these teams, devise these teams, and put together a team that can compete. And then instead of sending over Bobby Portis Jr., how about you send over an Evan Mobley Jr., a better rebounder, better shot blocker, more skilled offensive player, a guy who can defend multiple positions? How about a Paul Reed? Sounds crazy, right? Paul Reed just had the Utah Jazz and the Philadelphia 76ers fighting to sign him. He just got a monster deal, so there's some value there, and he's one of the highest rebounding players per minute in the NBA. Miles Turner Jr., how about Caleb Martin, Wendell Carter, Daniel Gifford, Kevon Looney? Remember him, right? Won a couple titles with the, with the Golden State Warriors. Maybe Grant Williams just got a monster deal with Dallas Mavericks, one of the best 3D players. Herbert Jones, instead of hitting me with guys that can shoot. Yeah, we need more shooters because their problem is scoring. This microcosm way that they view the game of basketball in the USA is allowing them to get their to get it handed to them internationally. You're telling me that Lithuania could beat the Memphis Grizzlies in an NBA game? No. Memphis would mop the floor with them. What's the difference? Oh, you're playing international rules. Are you? Or how about you go over there with NBA quality players, not NBA stars, but NBA quality players, and introduce and introduce them to the NBA game. Announce your presence with authority. Perhaps bringing guys whose sole purpose is to rebound, guys whose sole purpose is to defend the length of the court, guys whose sole purpose is to set strong screens and to get out on picks. So we're not giving up open threes. And so it enables us to switch, therefore neutralizing the pick and roll, which international basketball thrives on. And then guys who can get nasty. So when international players go a little dirty, they can go dirty. Instead of going high like Michelle, like Michelle Obama says, perhaps when they go low, we go lower. Fill the team with quality role players who are stars in their roles versus star players or guys who think they're stars. Because I got to be honest, when you're sending over a roster, a roster filled with the Cam Jordans of the world, miss me with that. Mikel Bridges is a good player. Come on, man. Pal Pinchero. I mean, when you go through the roster, the current roster that they sent over there, the first thing is this team isn't good enough. The roster on paper is good enough to compete. The problem is it's not constructed good enough to compete on a U international level, because those guys don't play international basketball. They barely play NBA basketball at a consistently high level. And then the second part of that is what are their roles on each NBA team that they're on? Their number one role on each NBA team that they're on is to score. It's to score or put pressure on the defense. When you go from Pinchero to Bridges to Brunson to Edwards to Halliburton to Ingram to Johnson to Port or to Johnson and to Reeves, that's the bulk of your roster who all have the same – it's basically redundancy. You have the same goal. Then when you add Jackson, his goal is to defend, but offensively it's to get buckets. It's not to rebound the ball. They don't have one true rebounder on there, and Josh Hart's job is to defend, 
But if you're going to bring in a 3 and D guy, I think Herbert Jones would probably be a little better. Just a thought. Just a thought. A guy that's a much better defender. Now, maybe he turned him down, but Grant Williams probably wouldn't have turned him down. Paul Reed wouldn't have turned him down. Isaiah Hartenstein wouldn't have turned him down. All of those are guys who rebound the ball and can do, who can defend. Instead of putting a premium, instead of putting a premium on guys that can shoot, let's try to focus on guys that can play different parts of the game of basketball the same way these other teams do. There's a reason why the guys that are beating you in the Philippines can't see the court in America. There's a reason for that. And it ain't because American basketball has lost a step. I don't want to hear that anymore, although I'm going to continue to hear it. And then the final step is stop with the NBA coaches. Stop with the NBA coaches. Stop with the NBA coaches. For the love of everything, stop with the NBA coaches. College coaches can motivate players. College coaches are going to strategize. College coaches are going to give you X's and O's High level NBA coaches are going to sit down and debate whether or they should call a timeout. The guys that develop the NBA players are your player development coaches. Your NBA coaches usually micromanage a game. So here's a thought hire coaches specifically for Team USA. Create a salary, designate a position specifically for Team USA and for the FIBA Cup. Then you have those coaches sitting there online, ready to go. They scout these teams. They know the type of players they need to compete. And if guys don't make the team, you can always pluck another one. There are G League players who can compete in the FIBA World Cup at a high level. Trust me. There are G League players who would go into the World Cup right now and be dominant players, especially if all they're asked to do is to rebound, set screens, or hit open shots, bring the ball up, defend. And it's the old adage, hungry dogs run faster. But at some point, we have to stop allowing the inferior opponent to dictate what we do. We have to stop allowing the poor to dictate what the salary should be for the rich. Imagine a world where we allow the incompetent to determine the level of competency. Where we allow the C's to dictate what the A's should do. Because the best product in basketball is the NBA. It's not international. And that's what USA Basketball has become. The lesser talented players are dictating what the more talented players should do. And then they're flustered. Then you get bad calls, you get bad turnovers, and then the bad coaching makes it even worse. The only way to save USA Basketball is to play USA Basketball. Construct a team of USA players just the, way, the same way you would construct the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Los Angeles Clippers, the 76ers, you would have rebounders, you would have defenders, you would have shooters, and you would have scores. That's the way USA plays. That's the way we need to continue to play. That's it for this installment of Unparalleled Sports Talk. As always, we appreciate your time of year. You be easy.